All right, this is awesome. Thank you, JD, for being here on the Badass Asian Dude Podcast. It's really good to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. Uh, today we have you coming on to talk about uh, a lot of what the work you're doing with crushing the myth and telling Asian American stories, um, as well as you know where what your journey was into starting this into entrepreneurship. But first, a quick little intro with me today. I also have Mike Michael Wu. You want to say hi? Hey, I'm Michael Wu. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts and moderators for uh, the Badass Asian uh, Dudes group and podcast. Uh, I'm based out of Tokyo, Japan, and just, yeah, super excited to be here today and to chat with you and get to know you a bit better, JD. For sure. Awesome. And I'm Victor Ung. I am an emotional intelligence coach and cannabis wellness coach and work with Asian men in specifically on how to develop emotional intelligence, um, find more life purpose in their work and, and deepen their relationships. Um, so I joined the Badass Asian Dudes through uh, Sabo Shen, who was got connected through Chris Kim um, and, and uh, the original founder of Badass Asian Dudes kind of took a leave. Uh, sounds like he's working on many other projects right now. So uh, Mike and I are one of the couple people that came on to help support the group and really love building the group into a, a more connected uh, space for men, especially Asian men, to talk about the issues, the bigger issues that, that we don't really talk about at all. These um, uh, for, for many reasons, right? For culture, for uh, the stigma, for the ideas of what it means to be both Asian and man. Um, but uh, so anyway, we're here definitely to bring on super badass Asian dudes. <laughs> and so excited to, to have you here. So JD, do you want to maybe do a quick intro then of yourself and why, why you got into the work you're doing right now, as well as, um, you know, what kind of uh, what kind of, where do you see yourself playing a role in in that work as well? Yeah, uh, I'm JD, and uh, I'm currently in Taipei, Taiwan, uh, but I uh, grew up in the U.S., uh, born in Taiwan, grew up in the U.S., kind of lived all over Texas, uh, Southern California, SF, New York, D.C., Austin is probably where I would call my home, but uh, I mean, with everybody these days, I think you know, everything is in pretty, pretty fluid uh, times. Uh, I, my background is in, uh, wow, it's quite varied. Uh, my 20s, I was a movie producer out of LA, also worked a little bit in Taiwan. Then in my 30s, I launched three te technology companies, uh, did them out of SF and DC and Austin. And the last few years, I have uh, been working on a project called Crushing the Myth which is an Asian American speaker series. And uh, I launched that about a year and a half ago, January, 2019 out of New York. Uh, and in 2019, we, uh, we did uh, speaker events in New York and LA. We had 12 of them live. Uh, and then we would record the speakers and, uh, and distribute the videos online. And then this year, uh, also because a little bit because of COVID, we've gone more virtual. So we, you know, our, the mission of Crushing the Myth uh, is to bring Asian American perspectives to a global audience. Uh, and we've been able to do that 
virtually as well. So really excited uh, to, to talk about any of that stuff that I just said. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, one thing that I get fascinated about is just people who are able to build out a platform to, to tell these stories. Um, what, I guess, what was that transition for you to, it sounds like you were going into tech and sort of developing that side of things. What made you want to do more of a, I don't know what you would say, it, it just more of, it sounds like more of a kind of social impact in a way, right? Um, relative to the companies that you started before? Yeah, uh, at first it was in parallel. So at what, what I mean by that is, you know, crushing the myth is, is not my day job. Uh, it's, it's actually my money pit, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, but um, it was in parallel. So in my mid thirties, uh, I had been working on a lot of companies, uh, started an AI startup uh, and some others. And hold on one second, I'm gonna turn this off real quick. Oh, I thought that was coming from me. I was like furiously oh, trying to close yeah. all my browser tabs. <laughs> yeah, if you guys need to chat me, then let's let's just use the Zoom stuff here uh, in chat. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, like in my 30s, I got a little bit more into groups like TAP, uh, Taiwanese American Professionals, uh, and then uh, from TAP, I found myself in Austin with uh, my latest startup, or at that time, and the Austin Asian American Film Festival was going through a transition uh, from a grassroots volunteer-based festival uh, and uh, meaning that they couldn't receive corporate donations and trying to get into a 501c3 or becoming a 501c3. And the community leaders or the leaders of the Austin Asian American Film Festival, they were seeking a board. They were seeking people that had corporate experience, that also had some film background to transition uh, this film festival that we all love into a 501c3 or else it would probably have died uh, in that year. So they came to me and said, hey, you do startups, you have a business background and you have the film background. Would you mind uh, or would you be interested in leading the board? And and I thought about it and I said, you know, sure, I've never done anything like this before. Why not? So I found myself the uh, board president or the board chair of the inaugural 501c3 board, uh, meaning that I learned all about uh, the nonprofit activism space and what, what, what not just the, the business side of things, but started meeting people and started really understanding the themes uh, around it. And uh, having been a part of the Austin Asian American Film Festival for a couple of years, yeah, that like that kind of did open my eyes to what is Asian American identity, and and then I had to like ask myself, you know, mid thirties, are you, you know, I never really thought of myself as like Asian or Asian American. I was kind of living a regular life, uh, but then I uh, quickly went, wait a second, you know, your life is every Asian, or how is your life different from other Asian American? And, and at some point it clicked, there was a, there's an aha moment that people talk about. And uh, that aha moment goes like, whoa, I am Asian American. And then, whoa, no one ta talks about this experience of being Asian American. 
whether as a guy or a girl or, you know, whatever. Um, so that had been percolating in my mind for about a year, maybe two years. Uh, and then I find, I found myself um, with the right time and transition uh, in the beginning of 2019. I found myself in New York where I just said, you know, uh, screw it. Let's, let's, I'm just going to do something. So I started crushing the myth. And at first, I mean, there was a long-term plan. There is still a long-term plan uh, and it goes way beyond a speaker series. But at first I thought, okay, I'm going to put up a Facebook invite and I'm going to try and do a Asian American Ted talk and let's see what happens. Uh, and, and that's how it got started. That's, that's a really cool way to put it is just Asian American Ted talks. Like, um, uh, so it sounds like it was a, it was just a, a mix. You, you just kind of found yourself in this place where, you know, using your, your background, your skills from before and kind of this opportunity in a way presented itself and, and you figured this would be a great thing to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was started as a passion thing, uh, even though <clears throat> I'll take a step back. I mean, when I launched uh, Crushing the Myth, the goal and the goal is still to have uh, an annual Asian American culture conference or like an Asian American South by Southwest, if you will, somewhere in the in the country once a year where people of all communities, not just Asian American can come together and talk about music, uh, film, technology, of course, but other things, politics, engineering, science, uh, literature, uh, arts, all of these things should be coming together. And in my mind, I thought that uh, there wasn't anything like this for the Asian American community, the current day Asian American community. And I wanted to launch that, uh, which I, I were still planning for. And just with the entrepreneurship background, if you peel that back, right? Like to do an event like that three days somewhere in the US, uh, we, I, we actually created a project plan and a budget that landed somewhere around half a million dollars. Uh, if you peeled it back to get the corporate sponsorships to be able to pull something like that off, you have to show demand and interest. Um, so going all the way back to showing demand and interest, my thought uh, was, well, let's see how much interest there is for speakers to share their perspectives uh, on mainstream culture through an Asian American lens. And, and that, was the, that was the launching of Crushing the Myth. And we're still working towards the idea of a full you know, weekend of Asian American culture uh, at some point in the next few years. I would love that uh, and would love to attend it. I just wish that there was something for me uh, back in the day to attend something like that. So I guess I'm curious, like why, why do you think it's important to have a specific stage for Asian Americans right now? Why do I think it's important uh, for that stage and platform? Uh, I, I think it's important for any community. I think it's important for all communities, uh, especially you know, we, given the current uh, scenario or the situation. I think for Asian Americans, Right, like I, I, I think for Asian Americans, uh, there's so much segmentation even within the Asian American community that we don't, 
we don't know where we belong or fit. Uh, and, and some would actually say like, we, we don't need to think about that because we live a American life. We, re, we live a life as a you know, uh, regular American and we all do. Uh, but others are looking for more meaning and uh, more structure uh, to their identity. And it is important to have this platform for people to share those stories. Then uh, I think that it is important to have this platform because I think the Asian American perspective. So what I mean by that is not my past, but my future. So my past is I grew up as uh, the children of immigrants and we ate one bowl of rice every night and et cetera, et cetera. That may be my past. My future is how I'm going to change the world, right? So for example, I'm gonna launch an Asian American culture con. Uh, that perspective is valuable and it's not being brought out into the mainstream. And I actually think that uh, it could be economically very viable. So the best way that I can encapsulate this is look at like David Chang. So he's very successful, obviously, uh, huge food empire. But David Chang cooks and creates and uh, fuses into his food an Asian American perspective. It's a perspective that likely a white American, African-American, Latinx American could not have done in the 2000s and the 2010s when David Chang was building his empire. It brought everything from how he grew up and his mother uh, teaching him cooking to you know, him being a line cook in New York, et cetera, right? So that's a great story to share on a cultural basis, but if I knew David Chang was going to become David Chang now, I would have gone back in 2002 and put all my money into David Chang, right? There's an economic opportunity in Asian Americans that is not uh, equated in the marketplace today. And that's what I am super passionate about. I, I love that you said that. I mean, uh, there, there's definitely a lot of potential for sure. Um, and again, just want to, you know, applaud that you are going after that and really set it, like carving that path first for, for a lot who maybe don't think it's possible or, or maybe uh, are, have been contained in some way, whether that be cultural or familial or just society by society. So that, that kind of leads me into just I'd love to kind of tap into the mindset uh, of, of how you've, you know, especially you said you started three, three startups and, you know, went through so many different transitions. Um, what was, what was that like in terms of, first of all, you know, starting off and doing one thing and then transitioning into um, different things, but also really like starting your own thing versus kind of following a, uh, a, a linear path that I think many, many Asian Americans might kind of fall, fall trapped to. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I was uh, thinking about it. Uh, so I just turned 40 
uh, last couple weeks ago. And I was thinking about it and I've launched three, four tech companies uh, and they have all not exited the way that we wanted them to. Uh, you know, I've produced a couple of movies. I mean, I've had a couple of successful outcomes, but I'm definitely not one of those guys that has sold a big company or, you know, multi-exit or anything like that. And I find myself uh, gravitating more and more towards bigger and bigger ideas. Like Crushing the Myth is a, is a pretty big idea. Um, actually call it, I, I would actually label Crushing the Myth in the thought leadership space. Uh, I'm currently working on something in Taiwan that's also in the thought leadership space. So I, I think that this, if the stereotype is that Asian people, and then so byproduct Asian Americans uh, are conservative in mindset and uh, they take the doctor, accountant, lawyer, uh, engineering route, which my, you know, my parents, my dad absolutely wanted me to do. If that's the stereotype, then yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I fit into that stereotype. But the question for me is, uh, is, is that an Asian American stereotype or is that an Asian stereotype? That's the thing that I started thinking about more. For example, uh, so Asian Americans, uh, guys or gals, let's say that you don't find a lot of us in the sales world. Uh, we are a lot of engineers, we're a lot of doctors, accountants, but uh, you don't find a lot of, I don't know, VP sales that are Asian American or all the way up, right? Uh, they definitely are out there, of course, but predominantly that's not what you think of. But if you look at Asia, they're fantastic Asian salespeople because they all build companies, right? And if you look at Asia, they're fantastic entrepreneurs. Uh, or they're fantastic anythings, right? So then I started thinking about when we were growing up, when I was growing up, oh yeah, you should be a doctor, lawyer, you know, engineer. I honestly started asking myself like, man, is that actually an Asian mindset or an Asian American mindset? Um, being in Taiwan now, I have a lot of uh, cousins that are my age or younger. I And I got to tell you, like, they didn't, they didn't grow up having to be a doctor. You know, not a lot of them. Like, and, and a lot of them aren't doctors today. And my aunts and uncles are kind of just okay with that. So uh, when you say, ask me, you know, what is it like to start and stop things? Uh, and, and me maybe being different from the Asian American stereotype, then yeah, I, I think at some point you just have to know yourself. And if you say, uh, I am, yeah, I, I, I love being a doctor. I want to be a doctor or I, I want to pursue law because family reasons or because that's what I'm good at or anything. That's great. Then that is your identity. And then, uh, but if, if you're somebody that's like, man, I want to be in comedy, then dude, then just, you know, make it work somehow. Uh, because you, you, because you shouldn't be a doctor because you're an Asian American. You should be a doctor because you want to be a doctor. Yeah, that sounds, uh, I think it might be a function of uh, how the, the, the attitudes of the people who came over to America and how their their idea of how what it was like to succeed here. So there might be some kind of 
selection bias as well as a function of the the people coming here and uh, just yeah. hearing your story you uh i i feel like i am you but like eight years before and congratulations on turning 40 by the way thanks <laughs> you're not looking at all thank you yeah yeah for sure i mean and i totally agree right like if you were gonna well now we, we also do need to um segment it correctly if you were if you're an immigrant child from a east asian american family you probably came over and your parents went into education of some in some way being a student or a teacher uh, but there are other asian american communities in which you're the that immigrant population were refugees coming over or they came over in different circumstances so if you're uh a, you know if you're uh, vietnamese right laotian like they came from uh war essentially and they were refugees coming over so i, I at that at, at that level I, I would say like asian america uh starts then segmenting into different identities etc um i i but uh yeah so i i do think that it is a interesting point i don't know if it, I, I i would agree with this but i i think that asian american is going to become a identity on the global scale itself so our thoughts as asian americans are different than our peers in asia even though if even if we're the same age right asian american is going to have a, a, a level of identity probably over the next few decades for sure for sure i think we've already definitely have that separation in an identity where you know as an asian american myself you know growing up in college there was a lot of my, my college had a lot of Asians, both uh, international and, and domestic. And, uh, and it was kind of hard to fit in. It's like, don't necessarily fit in with the international Asians, but, but also not fully American. So uh, I always say it's like, you know, we, we make our own color, there's yellow and blue, that turns into green, right? So then we got, uh, we're just our own in that sense. And, and it sounds like that's a lot of that mission in Crushing the Myth is really pulling that out of Asian American stories, right? Really creating our own identity, um, yep. just in, in just expressing that, um, which is, which is pretty badass, right? What, uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, and to that point, right, uh, the, this podcast is definitely about how, how we can just become more badass. And, and that's kind of where I was um, hinting at with the question is, you know, um, for, for many who, so actually maybe I'll just start by asking, what do you think uh, badass or being a badass Asian dude might mean to you? Just your own perception of that. That's a great question. Oh, that's a genuine, that is an awesome question. Um, I think that my my first my first reaction would be a badass Asian dude uh, should be happy and content. Uh, I guess either or or you can combine that, and I I guess that's for everyone, but that would be my first thought. So for example right, in the Asian American male space, let's say, if I knew, and I, and I do, 
Like if I uh, have a friend who's Asian American male and they seem very happy with their life. Maybe they're married, maybe they're single, maybe they're dating, uh, maybe they have a job, maybe they don't. They seem happy with their life. I would say that's a pretty badass guy because I, I do think that Asian American males uh, do go through uh, a, a lot of self-realization or figuring shit out. And if they can come out and be happy and content, then uh, I, I think that's a pretty badass guy. And, and then my mind goes like, well, how, how are you so happy? You know, like, tell me, tell me your story. Um, but that would be my first answer. Then I think there are like layers and layers of why that person is content or happy, right? No, I think that totally makes sense. And that's a lot about what um, we're trying to bring the new direction of bad towards is towards that um, fulfillment and emotional intelligence um, as a as a whole package um, along with accomplishment. Um, so how do you how do you think you can balance that like inner happiness with like these external signals to go do these awesome things and go achieve and um yeah uh I, I to be honest I I don't know like I watch world events quite a bit and I you know I'm fairly self reflective uh, or I hope to be and I I don't know I mean like there are some playbooks. I'm sure like there are some playbooks for, I mean, this, you know, this podcast or, or this recording today in our group is Asian American male. So I guess we would just stick there. Right. Um, so there's some playbooks uh, for Asian American males to quote unquote, become happy. Uh, a lot of them are uh, cosmetic based. So uh, a type of career, a type of savings, uh, a house, a car, a family, um, a lot of that stuff is cosmetic based. There is a lot of value in that, uh, that if you have a lot of the cosmetic stuff, there'll be less pressure on you overall in, in, in whatever you, you're doing. Um, but I, I mean, I'll, I, I mean, I'll speak from my own perspective, like Asian American males face the challenge of being invisible. Uh, you know, I, I would I would say something like Asian American females uh, may face the challenge of having like too much focus on them, uh, and then other you know racial communities have varying challenges themselves. Uh, but for the most part, I believe that Asian American males have uh, the task or the perception of being invisible. For people that are okay with that, maybe easier for you to be happy and content, right? If you've got a fairly low, you know, um, below the radar kind of lifestyle, maybe very happy. Uh, and that's great. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. A absolutely. Um, but for, uh, you know, I would say even like somebody like myself who is fairly outgoing, wants to be an entrepreneur, uh, or lo launches and starts things, the, the challenge is going to be uh, getting out of the uh, invisibility and and then making an impact. Yeah, I I mean I love that sort of vision too, or that um, sort of visual, right? Of 
of being invisible. I completely resonate with that. Uh, and, and it sounds like, again, bringing this back and connecting the dots here, that that's, that is a part of your mission with crushing the myth is right. again, pulling that out and making us less invisible because I think a lot of, if we, if we think about what is happiness, what is contentment? That's a big question. That's going to be different and subjective for everybody. Um, but I would say a, a big part of that is um, feeling like you can, first of all, express yourself, but also connect with others and relate to others. I'd say like growing up for myself, not seeing any other role models or representation or even just my, you know, my, my uncles or, or dad, father figures, um, with a, a very limited sense of, of what I was supposed to be, right? Um, and, and not seeing all these different stories or not seeing other types of role models, it, it can be really sort of debilitating and um, constrictive. And I just mentioned that because I think, you know, I could be, or I, I was one of those people who fell into that I don't want to say trap, but it is filled into a, a path of like, this is what you should do, or this is what you have to do to be a good son, to be a good father or whatever. And it limits the, the risk-taking. It limits the um, just badassery, right? Of, of doing things and putting ourselves out there uh, and whatnot. So uh, it, it, it's super cool to hear that it sounds like, you know, I guess I am curious then from what your childhood was like, and we don't have to go super in detail there, but in terms of like what, what maybe, what maybe forms of resistance did you get, uh, you know, starting your own thing, if any at all, or what kind of emotional obstacles were in your way in, in building this life that you have? Yeah, I mean, the usual stuff. Um, I'll, I'll go back. There's, there's, a little bit, there's a little bit more that I would say on Asian American male. And let's say that if the, because we talked about being invisible. So let's say that the goal is to be visible, right? Uh, and by visible, I mean, mainstream culture knows who you are. So uh, let's go back to our favorite icon, Bruce Lee. Right. Um, so I talk about this idea with a lot of people and it, it spreads in, in the film industry and in the music industry. And, and now, let's say we're specifically talking about Asian-Americans uh, and then Asian-American males is this concept of the supply. And then what I what I would call like the pipeline and the LeBron. Uh, OK, if you're playing basketball. Uh, you need a lot of like young basketball players kids to play basketball they got to play basketball when they're in middle school high school college they got to play on the playground they got to they, they there just needs to be a lot of basketball players now out of all those basketball players uh there's only one lebron and and that lebron is so much better than everybody else that when you identify that lebron there's this whole other world uh so the the pipeline 
schools have basketball uh, equipment, gymnasiums. The YMCA has a basketball court. Uh, community centers provide basketball courts for kids to play basketball. That's building the pipeline. When a seven foot you know, kid can do everything LeBron can when he's 10 years old, then there's this whole other sector that goes and goes in and nourishes LeBron from an agent to a coach, to a fitness trainer, to parents, to emotion, to all that stuff. So Asian American males, where are we today? If the goal, it's not the goal for everybody, but if the goal is to be visible, whether it be Henry Golding, David Chang, uh, uh, Andrew Yang, whoever, the goal is, uh, if the goal is to be visible, then how are you approaching that? How are you supporting it? Are you in the business of creating more basketball hoops for Asian American males? Or are you in the business of the sports agent that goes and signs LeBron? I would argue that it is a, I would argue that it's easier and it's more needed right now for people to go and build basketball goal hoops for Asian American males. I don't care if they're good, bad, left, right, up, down, or anything else. If, if you are Asian American male, and again, this is broad-based, I would say the same thing for Asian American female, but this is a badass uh, Asian male group. But you should be uh, encouraging Asian American males to start podcasts, to write books, to shoot short films, whatever. You're in the business of expanding Asian American males that are doing shit from X today to 10X. And, and I think that's where a lot of us are right now. And I think that we should be uh, very happy and, and very proud of that. We want more Asian American males, again, anybody, but Asian American males to be doing stuff, to be playing the game. Then uh, this is where Goldhouse comes in. Right. So then there, there are organizations, people, agencies, uh, supporters who need to go and find the LeBron or find the Bruce out of that group and then support them with everything that they've got so that uh, they can get to the very top. And I, I think that this is something that uh, when I bring up in conversations, people generally are like, oh, I haven't thought about it that way. So, for example, right, um, you know, some you know, like Wang Fu Brothers, or some of the, you know, great uh, leaders and support, you know, uh, organizations in the Asian American space, they're fantastic. Like, they paved the way, right? Uh, but at the same time, we got to find the next Bruce Lee. Like, like, like if, 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 if that's the goal, then you got to Beyonce this stuff. You, you can't just end at Wang Fu. Wang Fu is great, but you got to sell out Madison Square Garden, right? You got to uh, go all the way up. Uh, Ali Wong is probably a really good example. Like, you got to be top three in your career or in your industry. Uh, and, and, and that will only come if there is a huge pipeline of people, Asian Americans playing basketball. I love the cultural yeah, references. Yeah, <laughs> those are great. <laughs> so like what, you know, so I think about that for crushing the myth, by the way, like that, I, I, I think about that. You, 
So you talk about, you asked me the question, what's it like to start new things and to, uh, you know, uh, keep going uh, to the next thing? In my mind, I'm going, what's that like? Well, I'm probably uh, just trying to play some basketball right now. Like, like, I'm not doing everything under the sun. I'm trying to do it as best as I can. But I need to, I'm, I'm part of the pipeline. I'm part of the high school team trying to be JV or uh, varsity. Uh, and around me, I need more, like, we need more of this stuff, right? We need more of this stuff. And then let's say that one group, badass uh, uh, Asian group or slanted or um, uh, Asian AF, somebody gets into mainstream, Vanity Fair is covering them, GQ is covering them. They're selling out, you know, Ronnie Chen is starting to sell out across the nation. Uh, then we should support them because they're gonna lift everybody that's playing basketball. Uh, and, and because they're going to bring way more resources, and then they and then and then they have another challenge, which is they got to go and 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 get to the very very top, right? Uh, and, and they have to set that trend. Well, I mean, I there's there's so much to go in there, but I, what I what I love about that is, is and what I take is that this is this is the time for us all to be just supporting each other, right? This is this is us to. Um, really lift each other up as you know coming from the eastern philosophies of collective thought right this is our chance to really live to those values yeah. um, and really support each other and I think you know to that analogy too of playing basketball what I love is not only are we supporting each other to 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 get into the game but also encouraging um, people to you know, Asian men, specifically, again, with this podcast, to, to actually play basketball, like you said. Because um, what that makes me think of is there are so many people out there who might not think they are good enough or have the skills or, and this is outside of the basketball analogy, right? Yeah. Whatever you start are in company, your, you know, open exactly, start, exactly. So like asking for promotions at work, like just being more assertive yep. with, you know, challenging other things and 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 asking for what you want. Um, I think that's a good uh, uh, definition of badass badassery too. Is just really getting what you want and and so part of and and I love that you mentioned that because this is a big platform here that we'd like to also support in is um, providing whatever resources, whatever tools, whatever mindset or whatever way better ways of thought better questions to ask that that helps us um understand we can go play basketball if we really want to um and and i think that is a, a better way to you know help everyone else as well um i love that analogy yeah i was just kind of riffing off that <laughs> yeah yeah it's something i think about quite a bit you know uh in terms of like strategy even to uh, the platform or whatever. What what it what is crushing the myths? What, what are we in the business of? Are we in the business of finding the next finding the next LeBron or Beyonce or Bruce Lee? Or are we in the business of creating a platform so that more people can play basketball? And and right. like me, that I I think about that right quite a bit. And what I love is that now when we hear about this, it's like oh I. I can go and like use that stage and use that platform Absolutely. and and in a way like you don't have to do everything yourself um, 
you know, something again that I, I might fall trapped to is like, oh, I got to do everything myself and be right. independent in. Right. Oh. oh, Victor, I can't hear you. is not working oh here we go you're back you're back there we go <laughs> okay sorry about that uh, anyway i want to be mindful of our time here and really appreciate you coming on and sharing this passion of yours i know that there were so many different things that we could have dove into here but um again just really love to hear that there are people who are here to support is is what i take out of this right um, sure you know, we don't, we don't buy, <laughs> you know, like I, uh, it, it's, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to receive help. Um, and, uh, and there are people who are, who want to help. So, um, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Is there, I don't know if there's any last oh, yeah. thoughts that you'd like to, to uh, say or ask. Can I ask something? <laughs> Yes, I guess. Uh, yeah. And in that way, I think it's really good that we connected today. Um, I had like one last question. Um, you said you were part of uh, TAP and uh, possibly I'm not, in college, I was part of T uh, TASA and later TAP. Um, I think that realization that I was Asian American came probably around around college time. And I'm just a little surprised that you said that happened a lot later for you, even though you were in these like Asian organizations. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't part of TAP until like 35, something like that. Uh, and so when I grew up, uh, I grew up in uh, suburbs of Dallas, Fort Worth. And um, I, 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 you know, my, my family growing up wasn't very uh, pro, like we weren't very outspoken, pretty low key. Uh, I, I wasn't like the typical Asian American in high school. Uh, we had a 5A high school and I kind of looked down upon the Asians that my mom would always say, oh, they're scoring really high on tests. You know, why can't you score the same? Like some guy was like number one or number two. Um, I uh, was like number 10, right? And that's a comparison. But I ended up... Uh, uh, taking my own route, I ended up being class president of the school. And then that led me to uh, into my 20s. So anyways, my point is that in my 20s, I worked in LA as a film producer. I went to Wake Forest, which is a really white school. I didn't really understand being Asian American. Yeah, until like mid 30s, when I got into TAP uh, and the Austin Asian American Film Festival. And I, I had always thought those groups, because I, I was not a part of any of that in college or post-college. I just thought, man, those groups are like the a Asian American frat or whatever that I don't understand. And then in my mid-30s, I was like, oh, wait a second. I'm I'm actually part of those people, right? Or I'm I'm actually like I actually grew up in in a lot of the same scenarios. Uh, so that was when my uh, identity aha kind of clicked in. Yeah, thanks for asking that question. That <laughs> makes me think about all these other things now too. But um, I, I I did want to maybe ask or give you the space here. Um, if there was 
someone listening to this who uh, is maybe struggling with identity, maybe struggling with what they want to do, maybe struggling with breaking out of a a uh, a prescribed path for themselves or projected onto them, maybe someone who's very risk averse. What would you advise, or what would you tell them? What would you uh, share with them? I yeah, it's that's a great question. I, I would say, I would say that there, you know, now I would say to try and find community. Uh, I I do think that there's more. Again, for Asian American males, right? So I, I do think that there's uh, more Asian American male community just in general uh, than 20 years ago, 10, 20 years ago. And, and I do think that it's because of, you know, groups like this and others where uh, sharing of Asian American male experience is way more open uh, in conversation and discourse. So if, and this is across the board, but if you were, if, I, I guess, if you are not happy or and you are struggling uh, right now, I would say seek out, uh, go and, and find a brethren or uh, someone to seek out. Uh, on the flip side, if you are very happy and content, uh, and th then I would say give back, right? Like then see how you can maybe uh, share some of your experience for others to listen to. Because uh, we 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 have to kind of grow our collective identity a little bit, uh, and and yeah, find more people to well, you know, again, going back to that idea, uh, grow our identity and find more people to play on that playground. Awesome, yeah. Um, again, that's exactly what we would love to build as this community too. So. Uh, thank you again, JD, for coming on. It's super cool to hear from you. Uh, where, can, where can people find you or get in contact with you? Easy. Uh, crushing the Myth, uh, just like how it sounds, crushingthemyth.com. My email is uh, jd at crushingthemyth.com. And if you're interested in following along, uh, please check out our website, YouTube videos. Send me a Facebook request, you know, reach out any in any way i'm i'm jd at anything that i do so yeah great easy and, and is it oh sorry finish i said easiest way to get a hold of me gotcha and is there like a like if we wanted to kind of get on the platform or kind of you know contribute that way is there a certain you know maybe application or, or thing to do there other than just to contact you we have weekly speaker initiation. So if you, if anybody wants to be a speaker, again, there's no cost. All this is free. We, we also provide, we provide speaker coaching as part of this process. We have a weekly call that is an initiation. You just join the call. Usually there's like five or six people in there. Uh, I lead it. Uh, and then I just give a brief overview of what the speaker coaching program is, what crushing the myth is, etc. Uh, and that's what Pers uh, perspective speakers go through. And then we have a small handful of speaker coaches that will coach you to get your story or perspective into a, a fantastic 10 minute talk. I awesome. love that. I might have to do that myself. <laughs> you, you should. <laughs> Absolutely. Please do. I'll send you an invite to next week. Yeah. Great. And similarly, uh, like and subscribe this podcast. <laughs> um, also, super awesome to yeah connect with you and get to know you better. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
and thanks for doing this. This is great. Yeah.